All right, what is happening here? Miguel, welcome back to Rebel Ants Radio. This is the Build in Public video podcast uh, hosted by myself and my co-host, co-partner, co-pilot Miguel. And uh, we are back on a Sunday, back in our normal spot. And we are very excited because we have a special guest tonight, which we'll introduce in just a second. Miguel, how are you? I'm well, man. I didn't win the lottery, but I'm here with you on Rebel Lands Radio, which is the next best thing, right? <laughs> it is the next best thing. And <clears throat> that 1.4 million? Yeah. I, I didn't get any of it, and I keep playing, and I keep losing. I don't know if I should stop playing, but then I have no chance of winning, so I'm in a bit of a conundrum here. That's okay. That's like you buying NFT, so it doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, always losing money. That's exactly it. Lottery <laughs> and NFT are the same thing for me. Um, if this is your first time watching us or listening to us on Rebel Ants Radio, uh, like I said, this is the Build and Public project for the Rebel Ants NFT project. And you can head over to rebelance.io to get some more information. And we are built on three pillars of transparency, education, and supporting the Web3 community. And that's exactly why we're uh, excited to speak with our guest, Dario, tonight and learn a little bit more about him, his story, and uh, his upcoming project. You can also head over to jeremypets.com and get free NFTs if you're into that sort of thing. You know, it's hard to lose money on a free NFT. So uh, just to quickly showcase some of the beautiful artwork that Miguel has put together here for us. There are now 25 Jeremy Pets available. Some of them are free. Some of them are a very low cost. Some of them are limited. Some of them are unlimited. So go ahead and get some now. And this is going to be helpful for when we release Rebel Ants version two in the very near future, because this will be a bit of a reward and incentive program for holding some of these. So uh, Miguel, thanks for dropping those, those last 10 on here. Excited to see if uh, people pick those up. Yeah, we gotta also uh, talk about that. It's not we're we're doing 500 unique ones, so every single one of them, every single piece is unique. And then you know we can go into more details as to as to why it will benefit you to own one of the Jeremy pets and one of the uh, Rebel Ants. So yes, go ahead. Let's talk about it. All right, real fast. Um, so version two of Rebel Ants is going to be using the power of AI storytelling to do battles every week live here on the show uh, amongst all of the Rebel Ants from version two. So there's going to be different gangs, affiliations, fractions, and then we're going to have AI tell the story of the battle, and then it's going to randomly generate the winner. So if you're holding one of the winners, not only will you be rewarded uh, for being a holder of the winning gang, but if you're holding a V1 Rebel Ant or a Jeremy Pet, there'll be some kickers and incentives on top of that, too. So that's why you want to grab those while you can now before V2 is out and everything else sells out around it. Yeah, man, I'm super excited about today's guest. Um, he's a, he's Latino. He's from DR. So I'm excited because he's from DR. I'm from DR. So it's good to see some DR artists out there bringing coming into Web3. So I'm very excited about his project. Um, I've seen some of it on his uh, X page, so looks pretty promising, pretty cool, and I, you know, can't wait for him to start releasing stuff so I can start buying a couple of NFTs from him. <laughs> I agree. I'm excited too. Uh, I'm definitely gonna grab some once they're live, and uh, excited to, to talk with Dario. We got DJP saying hello, family. Thank you for joining us. And uh, all right, let's let's bring our guests onto the stage. We have got Dario here. Dario, welcome to Rebel Ants Radio. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, fellas. I am excited to be here. I literally feel like I like I crashed in here, uh, but yeah, we're here. We made we're it. Here. You know, we're doing I'm it. Excited. 
Yeah. Yeah, this is good. I also want to just state for the record that Miguel ditched me today for pumpkin picking as a family activity. And I feel nice. like you would not have done that. You appreciate <laughs> the value of family and tradition, and you would never have done that. I would have done it at the drop of a hat. Um, I absolutely. <laughs> Tomorrow's my turn. Tomorrow I go pumpkin picking with the fam. So I'm just here, like if if wifey tells you you're going, yeah, uh -oh. yeah, I know, you know, I yeah, know. Does he sleep? Does he sleep next to you? No, if he but I thought next to you, then that makes sense. I thought I was his work wifey, and I thought he would just listen when I say it's time oh, to go pumpkin oh. picking. Listen, I was oh, very nah. busy sitting on my couch watching movies. <laughs> Side chick problems. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it'd be, exactly. it's rough out there. Um, listen, we've got eight people watching right now. So hello to everyone who's watching. Feel free to drop a comment. Let us know where you're watching from. Let us know if you have any questions for Dario. We are happy to kind of go through them. He said he's an open book, so we're going to put that to the test. Um, Dario, before we begin, let's start with something real light. Real light, little icebreaker. We haven't done an icebreaker in a while. Here's the question. Which NFT would you turn into a Halloween costume for your next Halloween party? Ooh, which NFT would I... Oh, that's a, that's a great one. You could oh, just say man. like a project name. It doesn't have to be like a specific like number, like, you know, Rebel Ant's I know, I know, I know. I know. I think it's, it's always, it's always going to be a toss-up between Dead Fellas and Invisible mm. Friends. Mm. Dead it's Fellas is a good Fellas. Halloween one. Yeah, because I mean, like, I feel like that's the obvious one, you know. Uh, yeah. But it'd be it'd be Dead Fellas or, or Invisible Friends. Those two, I feel like the, they do really well, really well. That's a good one. That yeah. is a good one. Miguel, what about you? Um, good question. Uh, you know what? I will probably dress up in a huge penguin suit right now. <laughs> oh my god! As, as a pudgy penguin, or you know, I don't know if we're. As a pudgy penguin, right? it's it's a pudgy. As the pudgy, pull up yeah. to Walmart. That's right. Yeah, you know, um, after our on our last episode, Dario, we talked a lot about the pudgy penguins, and I was jealous of Miguel. So that next morning at six a.m., I went to my nearest, not my nearest, my next nearest Walmart because the one nearest to me was sold out, or they didn't carry them. I don't know. But I, six in the morning, I was you know waiting for that door to open so I can go get my little pudgy toys. Feel like I'm part of the gang, you know. Yeah, that's freaking nuts. Yeah, I, I myself, I, I was supposed to go this morning uh, to go get them. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see an NFT project finally delivering products yeah. to like yeah. the mainstream folks. I think it's something that's really, really dope to see. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. I think uh, for a costume, I would, I would love to be like a mutant ape if I had the ability to do like all of the crazy, you know, makeup because some of those mutant apes are pretty gross and scary looking. If not that, then probably like a Roboto. I think I'd, I'd, I think I could be a Roboto, put like a little, you know, monitor on my head yeah. and just kind of have fun with that. <laughs> a little monitor. Yeah, I, I miss, I miss the Robotos. I, I feel like they were in that same realm of like cool cats and, uh, yeah. and yeah, yeah. dead fellas, pudgy penguins, like that cute, uh, cute IP. Uh, let's let's see. You know, if if they can bring pudgy penguins back from the dead, uh, you can do it with anything. <laughs> it's true. P Pudgies were dead, and people forget that they were. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were. So if they can do that, then you know, there's still hope. We'll, I think we'll talk to Pablo. We'll talk to Pablo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Lucas is a mastermind for Pudgy. I think it was the best thing that happened to them to that community. Yeah, the, the, the guy is really good at marketing. Absolutely. I know that there's been, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the, some of the stuff that happened yesterday, uh, but definitely you, you cannot take away the fact that, like, he he took this project 
from the ground yeah. and marketed marketed it in a way that's almost a perfection, right? Like I personally, I'm somebody that really studies the NFT space and I study founders and I, and I study both the founders and artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the people that I studied outside of like, you know, the, the big artists in the space like Tyler Hobbs or, or Dave Krugman or, you know, any of, of these guys mm-hmm. um, was Luca specifically from the marketing side. And what triggered it for me was like, you know, I was sitting down with my wife one day and she could give a damn about NFT. She could care less. Yep. She couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> but but we were in a group chat with someone and then out of nowhere, she just goes and she posts a little like a little gif to be funny. And yep. it's a it's a pudgy. Yes. And I'm there like I'm there like, hey, hey, lady. <laughs> hey, lady. That's a that's an NFT. You just that's right. And she said. She was like, what? what are you, the Q Penguin? That's an NFT? Hmm. <laughs> then I showed her the toys and she was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then it just it just like snowballed from there. So like if you understand like the network effect that that has for people, right, that you can get away from like the degen aspect where the only people that are your target demo are, you know, all of us like tech futurists, gambling <laughs> addicts, right? Yeah. And you can get to the normal human being. there's gold there there's gold there and i think that you know that's something that you know has been lacking in the space but you're seeing a lot more of now in the bear market than ever before so i'm excited yeah absolutely that that organic reach is so interesting to me and i i've only seen it with pudgies just like you i've had people at work drop you know pudgy gifts into a chat and i'm like do you know what that is and even my son sent me one not knowing what it was and i'm like that's an nft so i think you're totally right that it's that's like the most interesting angle for it to come from when it's organic coming back to you and it's like wait i know what that is do you know what that is <laughs> yeah and it's and it was done for free you know like exactly. no, no tr- it wasn't transactional it was nothing exactly. none of that it was literally culture building so shout yeah. out to luca for that yeah very cool. Um, all right. I am, I'm interested in your background, especially because on your website, you know, you, you call yourself a digital illustrator, NFT enthusiast, but you say that a lot of your influence comes from the cartoons you watched growing up. So what, what are those cartoons that you were so inspired by? Oh, yeah. So I, I was a Saturday morning cartoon addict. So yeah. uh, it was WB, right? Early in the morning. Uh, Fox Kids for sure. You know, you, you might have the Disney XD, but that was like, you know, when everything else was cooked and you already saw all the episodes. <laughs> um, but I'm also a Cartoon Network like kid. Uh, so I'm talking about like the 90s cartoons, like the Dexter's Laboratory, the Johnny Bravos, the Powerpuff Girls, you know, um, all, all the like Ed and Eddie's and things like that. Um, and I would just like do nothing but draw cartoons nice. all the time growing up. Like, you know, other, it, we couldn't afford much, uh, but the one thing I'll give uh, my mom was that, like, we would go to this um, this art store downtown. So I'm from New York City. Um, I know you guys are, are based in Jersey, but there used to be an art store called Pearl Paint. Oh, yeah, that's Chinatown. my favorite. Growing in Chinatown, up. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was, that was my Toys R Us. Like, yeah. I would go there and I'd just buy sketchbooks and, like, micro pens and markers and all those things. And I would just spend hours of my day doing yeah. nothing but drawing. Like, that was me. I was that kid. Um, and, yeah, the, those cartoons influenced me uh, a lot. And then on top of that, since we're on that subject of, like, what's, what's influenced me, um, it like, I, I read a lot of books growing up. Mm. Uh, but on top of reading, I studied, like, the illustrations of a lot of books growing up and uh, and a lot of artists. So, of course, 
Keith Haring, you can see Keith Haring in my work for sure. Yeah. Um, but definitely. as an illustrator, yeah, there's an illustrator that's not as, as known um, in the art world, which is Tommy De Paola. And he's, he's really, well, like he's really famous in terms of children's books. So if you, if you look up Tommy De Paola and you see his books, you're going to be like, whoa, whoa. Like, I know I read these books growing up. Um, and I used to, I used to like just study his, his, um, his art technique and his, his style. And when it comes to a lot of, yeah, yeah, you can look it up. There you go. Um, and when it comes to a lot of my work, um, my illustrative work that, that celebrates community, uh, in the, the inner city or in, in the Latino space in the, in the culture, a lot of it is influenced by him, Keith Haring, uh, Murakami, uh, just a, yeah, a, bunch, a bunch of, yeah. And then like the cartoons that I grew up, uh, watching on Cartoon Network and things like that. So, um, I'm, I'm someone that like from a young age, I, I just observed and like was like a, a sponge. And I was just like, yo, like I like this. I, I like this. How can I make this my own? Like I'm trying to find my voice um, as, I'm, as I'm growing as an artist, even from the age of like five years old. So nice. Yeah, man. How long have you been into, into the NFT world? I mean, when did you first learn about NFTs? Yeah. So I first learned about NFTs on December 2020. Uh, so like that, that early, uh, which it doesn't feel early to me because I'm like, it's only been like three years. Yeah. Uh, but compared to everybody else, I'm an OG. Um, yeah. But in December 2020, I learned about it. Um, and then I just I kind of stayed in the background. Right. Because I'm like. Like I've said, I'm big on observing first and, and learning and then getting into it slowly and surely. Um, but I, I did that. I learned about the people piece because I feel like that that's where it really brought everyone in. Yeah. Uh, seeing somebody. One. Yeah. Yeah. That was insane. Like as a digital artist, I saw a, another digital artist make $69 million. That's insane. In um, one shot. So <laughs> in, in one shot. And, but we all know that the truth of the matter is he's been, you know, sure, drawing yeah. or, or really creating uh, every day for years um, and nobody yeah. gave a damn. And then it wasn't until like that moment that everything kind of really popped off for everyone. Um, but that definitely gained my interest. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, it was the money that, that brought us into the NFT space, whether you're a collector or a flipper or a creator, whatever. Um, and I think that's part, partially true. Uh, I agree. The, I think the, the bigger part, the bigger part for, for me and for other artists, especially specifically digital artists, was the fact that our art was being finally recognized in the same manner that traditional art was. And that's something that if you've been in the digital art space long enough, like that's that's insane. Like that's, that's something that we would yeah we would have never thought that we could get. Um, and to see that um, and to see not only just people but other artists that have been in the space. Uh, I always use this example of Raf Grissetti, right? So he used to be like the art director for God of War, uh, but then he in 2021 he had a fantastic run in the NFT space, creating like 3D 3D art, um, and it was like his art is insane. Like he's he's a master. Very detailed. Uh, for sure. Very detailed. Um, and seeing people like that, that normally would just get ignored, even though they, they've contributed so much to our culture um, and to the things that we just like, everybody loves God of War. They love the art, all that stuff. But nobody puts a name to the artist that, you know, that really has spearheaded that. And to be able to finally give credit to that. And then a few of the comic book artists 
uh, that had been playing in the background that started actually, you know, making some money during that 2021 NFT run. Like I saw that and I was just like, oh, we're moving in the right direction. It's almost, yeah. almost, yeah, almost like when we went, we went from everybody downloading music on LimeWire uh, to, yeah. you know, people actually paying and like caring about supporting their artists. It's the yeah. same way, except, yeah, it's just, to me, it's like the same thing, except that for musicians, at least musicians had some way, shape or form to monetize digital artists for we God knows how long. Yeah. We just didn't have that. We just didn't have that. We literally had to, you know, know how to, you know, navigate the traditional space, which I do. Like, I, I do know that, right? And, uh, but to see the digital side just be taken as serious because it just has a more impactful cultural fingerprint uh, than any other, than any other space. Uh, yeah. it, it's like, it's due time, you know, it was due time. Yeah, for me, um, I, I've talked about it and, and touched on in a few other podcasts that we've done that uh, for me, NFTs, for example, were, were huge because growing up as an artist, like you see all this talent around me, even in art school or or even when you're in high school, in your in your art school, in your art class or whatever, and you see all these great artists, but they'll never be recognized because nobody ever will get to know them. Right. And I feel like NFTs gives them that platform to be able to put that art out there so people can see it, buy it, you know, follow their their um, work and, and, you know, what it is that they're doing. And the community just becomes bigger and bigger. And for me, NFTs was was that route. And this is the reason why Kevin and I do this. Right. Because we want to make sure that we're giving artists a face and people can kind of resonate and feel more comfortable um, buying the art because what's happening in the NFT and crypto world is that the anonymity part is it's insane right now and people don't trust it. And I feel like by doing this, we're, we're getting, we're giving a little bit more leverage, a little bit more trust to whoever's part of that community. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I a hundred percent agree. So, um, what unique perspective do you believe your background brings to the digital art and the NFT space? You being Latino. Uh, I mean, I'm Dominican, so like, come on, we, we, we're bringing season into the space. Um, I, I, so let me give you this example of like when I first started coming into the NFT space. So when I first came in, there was an, I believe it was an NFT Now event, and it was somewhere downtown near, near Baruch College, it was like 23rd Street or something like that. But you had a bunch of people, so you had to keep hearing from time, you had a bunch of other like big names in there. Um, and a lot of artists that I know that I, that I connect with. Um, and when I go downtown, I bring uh, a student of mine. So at the time, I was the area director for a not-for-profit not organization here in Washington Heights um, and helping the youth and things like that. And I had my, one of my students, one of the high schoolers, that I wanted to like connect him to the, the art space and the NFT space. I'm like, yo, uh, bro, come, come with me. I'll drive you down. Tell your, tell your mom I got you. Right? We'll sign permission slips, whatever it is. Yeah. Let's go. I want you involved, right? I want you to see, right? Because people did that for me, right? When I was coming up in the arts, in the art game, I had mentors um, in the space, in photography and in the graphic design world, that they took this inner city kid and said, hey, put him in the galleries right now. Like, let him get used to this. Um, so I'm thinking the same thing. And when I go, it's predominantly um, white, right? It's like yeah. 97% white. Um, and I love, I love my white people. 
Uh, but it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, yo, yo, like I would look at that, like that one black person and we would like lock eyes, we give each other the head <laughs> nod, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and when you, when you have a space like that, right? Like you, you have one or two options. You can complain, uh, you can complain about it. Right. And I think that there are people who, you know, I, I understand that sentiment. Um, but the other choice is to say, Hey, I'm going to bring my culture and like my experience and my upbringing, and I'm gonna like celebrate that. I'm gonna put it put it all over it, you know. And even even if you guys go on my on my X account, I almost said Twitter, but on my X account, um, you'll see that the yeah the Dominican flag is on on my social media, right? Like right next to my name. So for me, it's it was important to say, hey, I'm not just an artist, but I'm a Dominican artist, right? So my my upbringing, my culture, right, my my humor, my loudness. Right. In terms of the colors that I choose, all those things, that's going to be at the forefront of my art. Right. Um, even even the more conceptual stuff like Lindos. Right. Like once once we get into it later on, you'll see that like it, it stemmed from that. Right. From that cultural um, story. So, um, yeah, I think one of the things that I, that I bring to it is that right, like that Dominican American story, um, that love for for one's culture. Right. That's not, yeah. That's that almost. That's it's not almost a reaction to being silenced, but it's more of a celebration of what you know what we had. And I think that that's something that has been missing because it's always like it always feels like there's this this tension of like, hey, any art by a black artist or by a Latino artist has to be like activist in nature, or it has to be like going against a, a culture or something like that. Which I believe it has its place, right? right. But to to kind of pigeonhole black and brown folks and specifically Latinos to to only that kind of art, I think does a disservice to so many people from different cultures to really hear our voices and see who we are. Yeah, I agree 100 percent on that. 100 um, <clears> percent. <throat> can you share a story behind finding your creative animation studio? Because I know that you, you know, we'll get into that into more details and we'll show it yeah. you know, on the screen. But. You know, it's interesting to me seeing that you're the founding uh, that you're the founder of a creative animation studio, and that's something that that's really cool, man. Like, really cool to see. Yeah. So let's talk about it because it that that's a great story about how we cut our teeth in the NFT space, um, and we launched in an interesting way. So the KHD Studios stands for Knucklehead Studios, and if like. I hope people uh, are watching this that have been riding with me for a long time. But Knuckleheads was my first like PFP collection uh, in the NFT space. And it was the first time that I had assembled a team, right, of, of different people in the NFT space, predominantly Latino. Like the, the, the team was mostly Dominican, but there was also like a few folks that were Puerto Rican, I, and I believe... I believe one person was like from Mexico, Ecuador, but um, like we had a, this Latino team and we're launching this, this uh, PFP collection. And the whole goal uh, was to one, give back to the community, right? It was like uh, to give back to the inner city. But then the second one was to launch uh, a, a studio that was going to be able to represent our community. Well, uh, guys, we, we launched June, 2022. What happened June 2022? Everything tanked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Yeah. 
So every everything went down, and it it was rough. It was very rough because we end I like we ended up only making enough to barely pay the team. And you know, at at that point, I said, okay, well, you know, we had promised this much. Well, not promised, but we had agreed to this much. Um, and then on top of that, a lot of our team members were affected by what like the liquidations. Like I had, I had, a t- yeah, I had a team member who was in Dominican Republic. You know, I'm not gonna say their name, but they were they were in DR and they they had to come back here, right? They were working out there and they lost they lost everything um, wow. during that. Yeah, they lost everything. And you know, leading leading a team during that time um, was like, man, it was an experience. It was an experience for sure. Uh, but as as everyone who who participated in it, my dev, my front dev, legal, right, like the the operations manager, all all those folks, right, like I sat down with them and I said, meet me gente in Spanish. I was like, listen, you know, we had a goal, and then our, the people in our community they understood, like they said, hey, we not only did you guys not sell out, like, but you, like you didn't even get to like ten percent. No one's gonna hold you if you decide to, you know, just take a step back and try to figure something else out. Um, but at the end of the day, for me, I said, well, we did get something, right? We got, you know, I think it was like maybe like 30, like 30,000, um, which guys, if you have a team of five people, what do you think is going to happen with $30,000? Yeah. Um, but with that, I, I paid everyone double um, what was promised if we only made it to 10%. Um, I, for myself, I, I didn't pay myself that much. Um, mm. But the rest of the money, the rest of the funds I use um, to pour into the, the studio um, and to build that out. So we did that. Um, we we hired a, an animator from India who, you know, we had met through the NFT space, which is a really cool young dude. Um, and we, we were just building that out. Uh, and yeah, from, from then on out, we've been working with different like projects, but smaller stuff. And it's mostly been Web2. Um, we haven't dived into Web3 just yet. Lindos will probably be the first one, um, or rather, Lindos would be the big major one. The the Web two slash Web three um, project that we worked on was with one of these uh, new buildings that was being built in the Bronx, um, where we created like a an NFT um, like an NFT print for the residents there that was exclusive only to the residents there. That's so cool. we we onboard yeah, dude, like it was it was super dope. We onboarded this company, which is like a huge. Uh, property management company with like over $2 billion in, in assets and all this stuff. And wow. they, you know, they got their, yeah, they got their first intro to NFTs through, through us, uh, through the Knucklehead Studios. And it was super dope. Um, but again, like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you, you have to continue to build that out. Um, and it's, it's been dope ever since, but we've, we've slowed down. We've definitely, we've yeah. definitely slowed down because the demand for NFT projects from the Web2 side. Um, specifically also in, in the, the areas that we occupy, which is like the inner city, which is New York City in general, that definitely went down. Uh, but you are seeing an uptick now. So hopefully you're going to see more more projects soon. Definitely. Yeah, sure. I'm curious, what was, that, what was that pitch like to um, like the business owner of the property as to why they should have like an NFT print for the residents there? What was that conversation yeah, so they they initially reached out to me because they saw my artwork throughout the city. So like I I've done campaigns for New York and I've been on newspapers and things like that. So they've seen that and they really wanted that like 
Bronx uptown kid, you know, that, like that kind of artwork. And then we we were in conversation, and you know, we're in conversation of like the the pitch to see how much you know we're we're gonna make this project cost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in one moment, um, the art the the art director uh, who also happens to be uh, a family member of the CEO, she goes and she's like, oh, "My God, my brother!" You know, like like you know, that's the the CEO. She goes, "My brother, he just." Just came back from Art Basel, and he keeps talk, talking to me about NFTs, and I don't know what the heck this guy's talking about. And literally, like my eyes just yeah. open wide, and I'm just there, like, "Girl, do you understand who you're talking to right yeah, now yeah, yeah. when it comes to NFTs?" And when I and when I told her, she like she almost like dropped the phone, and she was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, please, please, like teach us." And they were super amazing. Like they they brought me down to their office downtown. Uh, we I sat with their their entire team, their marketing team their their media team communications the ceo like the the head of the tech like everyone um and i just i onboarded them i spoke to them about nfts and you know i i told them hey this is the scammy side ignore this <laughs> um but but this yeah but i'm very very straight up and very honest right i said this is the scam 99 percent of it is bullcrap but uh, this is how you know you you want to approach it from the art side and they love that because they're very art focused yeah. Like their, their, yeah, their building is basically like a gallery. Um, wow. So, to, yeah, so to be able to say to the residents, hey, not only are you getting a physical print, but then you're also going to get a digital version of, of said print, which will be like your introductions to NFTs. And we, you know, we're, and like I'm still in connection with them. So I'll help, I, I help people from time to time with their wallets and things like that. Um, like that's, that's dope. I feel like that's, that's the kind of stuff that I wanted to see more of in the web three NFT space. Um, yeah. And instead of waiting for someone else who with, you know, with a more successful project with more money, more revenue, whatever it is, I said, you don't need money and you don't need revenue to do the things like that. You just yeah. need to put in the work and just say, Hey, I'll do it. Um, so that was really, really dope. And they were really excited about it. And the CEO is still excited about NFTs. He's just trying, they're just trying to figure out how they can like really, um, put that into all like every aspect of their their business because uh, you know they they have rental properties all over the u.s so like that's why i know that nfts aren't going away yeah. not at all it, what yeah. a what a cool use case i've not heard of like property yeah. owners and now i'm thinking like okay could they have token frames in their lobby showcasing artists for yeah. when you know residents are coming in and just kind of decorate the walls of a lobby with with your art or you know any other artists it token uh, frames and not not just yeah not just that but like they they were even interested in like passes right like creating yeah. a pass for for all their properties throughout the U.S. and then owners of that pass would get all this art and all this cool stuff and on top of like you know the the business relationship that they have with the local shops things like that like they their minds were spinning and that, that that's what they wanted to see the only and this is like this is like the negative side we'll talk about is just that they they didn't know how to scale it on Ethereum. And that yeah. was something that, you know, at the time, you know, we weren't talking about Arbitrum or base or anything like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's still exciting because I know that the opportunities are out there. And, you know, if you're 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 a team, you've got a platform or something, talk to these people because they're they're itching. They're itching. For yeah. It. So yeah. cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear about like a, a new use case for that. So that's really cool. Um, so. I'll give you a chance to introduce Lindos. And what I would ask for you is 
explain what it is. What's the, what's the elevator pitch for that? But also, I'm curious to hear, what did you learn from launching Knucklehead Studios and some of your other digital projects that kind of is helping guide the launch of, of this project? Okay. So do you want the pitch first or do you want the... Give me the, give me the pitch Knuckle first. I'll throw it up on the screen. Okay. Cool. We'll, uh, we'll put it big here. By the way, I've been trying to put the NFT on the on the token frame, and it came up on the on the uh, under my wallet, but for some reason it's not coming up under the the uh, token frame wallet, which is weird. Ooh. I I don't know how that works. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but, oh yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Um, for but the quick uh, tenth what fifteen second pitch uh, for Lindos is that Lindos is an art project. Uh, it is my attempt, but like my idea of taking a wallet and saying, hey, as an artist, instead of like just connecting my provenance through my personal wallet, I'm just going to take a project and like hit every single aspect of the NFT space. So not just doing one of ones, not just doing open editions, uh, but also doing PFPs. And eventually, uh, I'm going to just announce it this, announce this now, but eventually generative art. Uh, mm. in the lines of like art blocks and things like that. So my goal is to take an IP, take this idea that I've had and just like hit every aspect of the NFT space, but hyper focus on art. That's like the, the main goal for Lindos. And then the narrative behind it uh, is exploring digital, uh, digital identity, AI technology and humanity um, and, you know, and doing it in a, in a cartoon style. So that's, that's the main like the main focus of this project. I love it. And so when I you say it, yeah. you're going to explore these different aspects of, of the digital space, so is Prime Subjects a, a piece within Lindos? Is that it? Yes. I yes. So Prime Subject, yeah, it's, it's a piece within Lindos. So the first thing that we did for the Lindos project, we actually started with one of ones, right? So we, we launched uh, six one of ones for the Lindos Genesis collection. And they that's that collection sold out. Um, and those were like the, almost like, the sketches are like the, the first, uh, like the cave paintings uh, of the Lindos project, right? Just me putting out these ideas that I've had, right? So, and, and if you go to the the foundation page, because I'm use foundation for that. If you go to the foundation page, you can see the, the, the Lindos Genesis collection um, and then um, kind of see like where the idea behind some of the things there. Um, and then from there, we, we went to editions. Uh, so that's when I use Manifold. Um, and then with the addition work, you know, we, the, the goal is to get art as out there to as many people as possible and to see people collect the work because they actually care about the art, right? We've, we've come to a point now in the NFT space where clearly, uh, PFPs outside of like 1% of them, and I would probably say like 0.5% of yeah. them, um, are, are zero like are valued at zero there, there's no there was nothing in there outside of just speculation but when it comes to the art side of the of the space it's been nothing but up right in, ter yeah, in yeah. terms of like the the perception the i because that's what brought most of the artists in that's actually what, what brought most non-artists and just traditional web two people in which was hey like the artist that i like is here so for me being able to say hey we're not in 20 december 2020 anymore Right. As an artist, you don't have to go and learn solidity in order to, to launch a, a project, in order to do all these cool things. If you're an artist, you can take your idea and like go off and bring it out to the like stretch it out to its fullest extent 
in all the myriad of ways that the the space allows you to. I mm-hmm. think, and I think of people like Sam uh, Sam Spratt, um, who who's almost in that realm. So Sam, I would say uh, Dirty Robot, the guy from Renga, uh, those two are, are guys, again, I'm always studying, uh, that understand that, right? So Sam not only does one-of-ones, he has additions. Not only does he have additions, but he also has technically a PFP collections with the Skulls of Luchi, right? Even if it's very limited, um, it, it's still a PFP collection. Yeah. Um, and when you when you look at that, and then he also understands the gamification of it. So his, his launch recently with Nifty Gateway, Right, like the, the the story and the gamification and the narrative aspect of the space. When you see that, you're seeing a digital artist really take every tool and every avenue um, in the space, in the Web three space that, that has been created in the past couple of years by great folks like Foundation, like Manifold, like Nifty, like Bueno, right? Uh, like like the Art Blocks, all these 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 um, platforms that have created these really great tools for artists. And for me, I'm looking at my project and saying, I want to be able to showcase them all, all under this, this um, umbrella of Lindos, right? All under this project with the same, the same art or rather the same characters, the same narrative, but being able to just put that out there as much as possible and hyper-focus on the art um, so that, you know, if, if someone says, well, you know, what's the utility? Uh, like a lot of these bots will say uh, on, on the comments, if you guys go on the Lindos page, you'll see yeah. the... the it's a little botted in there, um, but you'll see a lot of people saying, oh, well, like, what's, you know, what do I get? And, and I'm just like, this is art. Yeah. This is art. If you, if you buy, uh, yeah, if you, if you buy a one of one from me, it's art. If you buy the edition, it's art. If you buy the, the prime subjects collection, like they're all one of ones hand drawn. And even though they are a profile picture, like the, the intention is for you to use them as a profile picture, right? It's all art because it's, it's no different than if I, literally take a sketch pad and draw it for you and then give it to you right it's it's not generated or anything right so the the main goal of this project is to put this art out there and to to be able to kind of show other artists uh almost pay, not not pave the way because i feel like other people are are also paving the way but really kind of like focus in and say hey you can jet like you can do this with your own art right with your own project um, and, and kind of go from there. Yeah. It's so interesting. You know, the what you just said about using all these different platforms, I think some people, and maybe once upon a time, even I would think that you see one artist launching all these different things. You're like, oh, they're just trying to make as much money as possible. But the way you're framing it is saying they're just exploring tools and they're looking at different ways to express themselves using those tools. So it's not necessarily an oversaturation problem. It's not a exploitative problem. It's just saying, what are these tools? And you know, even those tools you just listed, they came out on a timeline. They weren't all always available at once. So it's like, oh, a new toy comes out. Let me play with it. Let me see how I can make it work and tinker with that, right? So there's that curiosity to say what's new out there that I can explore. And it all falls under the same theme. So you kind of have a sense of what is the output going to look like? You know, do I like this style? Um, So I think that's an interesting take on it versus somebody saying, oh, they're just dropping another project, you know, oversaturating their market. So I I, I respect that approach. Yeah, and and the idea of oversaturating in a space that's very very small and very new is kind of funny to me. Um, I think that if you were talking about someone like like I think about people, and I'm like, if 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 you tell people, hey, I think you're oversaturating, 
with these every <laughs> with these every days. He'd probably tell you know tell you a, a four letter word. Yeah. Um, but but I look at that. I'm just saying what you want from an artist is for them to be creating all the time. That yeah. that is what you want from an artist. Yeah. You don't want an artist that's like no because it has to be perfect. It has to be that that leads to death as an artist. You need to be able to like have those artists that are constantly putting stuff out there, constantly experimenting, right? And if you want a particular um, style, because there's a difference between being an artist and being an artist that you can sell. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to, to focus on a particular style, then what I'm doing is actually the, the way in the digital mm-hmm. space, which is to say, hey, I'm going to take this idea Right. Like lean, the Lindos project, like that's that's not the only type of art that I that I do. Right. That's not the only subject matter that I that I focus on. Right. Um, but when I when I I've had this idea for so long, but I really want to be able to say, hey, this is this idea and I'm going to like take it to its full, fullest extent on this wallet. Right. Because the, the Web3 space give us that gives us that provenance. Right. Like that ability to really track it. And everything that that's associated with this project is with this wallet. Right. And after that, if I do something else with another, like with another project, that's cool. I'll create another wallet for it, right? right? And that that's a way for artists to really distinguish projects, right? Not just from a collection perspective, because you can have multiple collections on you know on your personal wallet, uh, and I and I have that too. But I think that for me, I'm I think the next step for artists is what I'm doing, where you go and say, hey, like I want to explore this idea. Right. I'm going to create a new wallet, new everything. Everybody's going to know it's me. Right. I'm yeah. going to say it. Um, and then from there, be able to just go off and create as much. And then, um, you know, one day and, and I do plan on not, you know, creating yeah. uh, uh, things for Lindos anymore. Right. Like to be able to say, hey, this is done. Um, yeah. I don't I'm not going to make it like the one piece anime where we're, we're going decades later. Um, <laughs> but be be able to say like, hey, this is done. I, my, I, I'm going to move on to something else. And now, like, there is no watering down of, you know, my art or, or anything like that. And whoever enjoys that collection and, and that, you know, that artwork and those pieces, they can get those on secondary from my collectors, right? And they can they can go from there. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's like you said, right? Being able to navigate, how do you give yourself the freedom as an artist to go off and to, to create without limitations, which you need in order to get better. Yeah. Um, but then also understand that if you want to make money off your art to be able to support that, right? Cause you know, you can't live in a box and do NFTs. Um, you need electricity at least. Um, in or- if you want to make money in order to support that, you need to be able to package it in a, in a way that people can can understand, they can grasp it, and they can relate uh-huh. to it. Um, and I think that that doing it in the lean, in, in the way that I'm doing it is is like the best way. It's good. How do you handle the technical aspects of minting, listing, and then selling your NFTs? I don't. <laughs> and when I when I say that, I mean, um, you know what? Let me let me start with what when I used to. So with Knuckleheads and with other previous um, projects, I. I went off and I did those like solidity courses on YouTube and I learned how to code and I did all those things, which was super helpful. And if you're a nerd like me, like go do it. If you're an artist and you're also a nerd, go ahead and do it. It's a great way to really understand what the heck Mm -hmm. is going on in the contract side. Um, But it, it does take its toll on you from the, 
from the artist side. Because in in art, right, like half your time is spent making the work, the other half is spent promoting, right? And like making those connections, talking to collectors. If then you add an additional thing that you're coding, right? That and coding is not part of your work because there, there are artists that code as the art. But mm-hmm. if you're doing that on the side, like then you're someone's losing. Either your marketing's gonna lose and then you, yeah. you meet less people, so you have less of a range. Or your art takes a hit and then you don't get the vision the way that you want it to. Um, so I tried doing it that way. I learned. But now that, you know, we're three years in and there's so many tools out there, um, like a manifold, which I use constantly um, to make new contracts and do all that kind of stuff, um, even like play around with burn mechanics and things like that. Um, to you know, or use Bueno because they have a, a, a generator tool if you want to make yeah. like NFTs and things like that. Um, those are those are things that I use, and I'm always always looking at new things or new platforms that come out. Right, so my my eyes right now are on Transient Labs and some of the things that they're doing, not just for um, the digital space, but even for like the traditional space. Right, so I have I have large art pieces, large canvases. That I, I, you know, I haven't sold, but they're technically part of the Lindos collection, um, and you know they they're able to track it, you know, with their trace um, protocol that they just launched recently. So those are things that that I that I'm constantly looking at. Um, but in terms of what I use on my day to day, it's it's manifold, <laughs> it, it's manifold, it's foundation, it's bueno, um, and and I just use those because those no code solutions really work for artists, and I think that. Yeah. Any artist coming into the space, you know, it's not 2020 anymore. You, there's no code solutions that will make what used to take days yeah. be done in it be done in 10 minutes. Absolutely. And I think, that, yeah, and I think if you if you offer that to the the normal normal artist that's not tech uh, tech savvy or, or like a bleeding edge kind of kid, uh, they they're gonna look at that and they're gonna want to come in. Because they, they yeah. don't want to do anything else outside of creating and then talking about the work. Yeah, I remember when Kevin and I first started, we did so much research and learning and YouTubing and practicing and trying just to learn and soak everything up. It, it was a lot of information at first. But again, like you said, being being the nerd that I am, you know, I bury myself in the computer on YouTube videos trying to figure it out. But we did at the end of the day. So... In what ways do you plan to engage with the NFT community, both locally and globally? Yeah, so in quite a few ways. So prior prior to this year, because technically I uh, technically we had a, a, a space this year, but uh, in 2021 through 2022, uh, I had run a an NFT space called La Bodega. I don't know if you guys ever ever heard of that, but uh, it was myself. Uh, a guy named Illich uh, Peters, and then uh, another artist named Amos, who uh, believe it, like who goes by Pedro, um, and it was us three Dominicans that we were running this this Latino Dominican NFT space, and we you know we did really well. We reached out to hundreds of people. We helped quite a few artists sell out uh, in the Latino space. Many people directly from the Dominican Republic. Um, yeah. And we, we, we had a major impact there. We, we ended up having a IRL show uh, at NFT NYC at South Street Seaport nice. uh, along with a few. Yeah, it was, it was dope. It was amazing. Um, but what ended up happening was that all three of us 
we're artists, not content creators. Um, and and when we did that, we took a we took a hit, right, in terms of our, our artistic career to do that. And you know, just like knuckleheads, you know, you you do things and you learn, right, yeah. and then you pivot. Yep. And what what I learned as an artist, right, uh, was that in order to get my people's like work and our voices heard and have the biggest impact, I need to have a much larger platform individually and be able to like use that to bring other people in. Um, and that's, that's really weird. That, that's something that I still like to this day kind of wrestle with. Uh, but it's, it's true because I'm an artist, right? Because that's the career that I want to like focus in on, right? If it was just content creation, then I would just double down. Uh, but because I wanted to, I want to be an artist, like if that's who I am, um, the best way I can do that is by making sure that I'm like putting myself out there as much as possible. And then as I do that, I put my people on. Um, and that's something that, you know, that I've been focused on, focused on now. Uh, and then on top of that, from like a more IRL perspective is being able to talk about these, like these web three initiatives and, and the things that are happening in the NFT space with artists, you know, from the block, you know, like the people that are from, from, you know, uh, the Northern Manhattan arts yeah. council or, or things like that. Right. Being able to have those conversations with them because most of them still think it's all a scam. It's all bull crap. And, you know, I tell them, I'm like, yo, you know, 99% of it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I also tell them, but you know, who doesn't think it's a scam? Facebook, <laughs> the, the CEO of Instagram, <laughs> right. Yeah, right? right, like Google, the people who are in the, in the background while everybody's laughing, like they're they're they have their own blockchains running. They're trying to figure out ways to institute this. Like this is coming, whether you want it or not. And it would be awesome if the people in the Latino community, right, and the, and the the places that I uh, come up with, okay, came up in, would not be like left behind again mm-hmm. uh, in those mo- in yep. these like technical movements. But instead that we would already have advocates and ambassadors in these spaces that, you know, would be able to give us a leg up um, and that, you know, we're, we'd be, you know, at the very least on par or an equal footing uh, with our brothers and sisters from other other spaces, other races. Um, and that's, you know, that's something that, that matters to me. Uh, I know that for other people that doesn't matter that much, but <laughs> I know that for me that, that does that does matter. Yeah. I love that idea of like uh, creating that equity for for everyone seeing that this wave is coming, right? Like this wave of of Web three, whatever it is, right? And you yeah. you've been in the NFT space for three years. You know, I've been buying crypto since twenty ten, and Miguel's been buying since you know two thousand nine. But like, it still feels early in the in that wave. So like, y'all, y'all been in here since two thousand nine. Just you know, yeah. making a lot of bad decisions. It's just, it's just bad decisions is what I've made for the past, you know, 15 years. No. So. Did you <laughs> but, buy, did you buy pizza with Bitcoin? No, I, I, I bought, I've told the story, but I bought, um, it was 2012 and I was trying to show my wife like how cool Bitcoin is and look overstock.com lets you buy things with Bitcoin. So let's buy this painting. That's normally $200 with Bitcoin. That painting is now worth <laughs> the value of my house. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh it is what it is it is what it is <laughs> it is what it is yeah it is. i am still diamond handing yeah i That's i didn't I'm diamond hand I'm, I'm i'm paper hands for sure no i i mean i i did i i did take some out just to figure out like get my feet wet with taxes and see what happens and you know i bought my house um 
did a couple of things, but nothing major. I mean, I'm, I'm still holding tight, seeing what happens in the future. You know, I'm a firm believer of just waiting. <laughs> I got to try that. Yeah, just, just wait, DCA, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. yeah. And having so, nightmares at night. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Dario, I'm, I'm curious, all that networking that you just talked about and like that that need to network has that have you seen any like tangible payoffs from that like any benefit from doing that yes <laughs> that's an instant yes yeah um Tell us more. i've yeah so when when i was running la bodega right i was definitely networking and people knew my name and you know even even if you go right now on twitter right and you check my like, the, the people who follow me there's some of the biggest names in the nft space Right. Even though my my following isn't the greatest, the people who do follow me are, you know, they they know I've been around and I've been in, you know, like in multiple in run in real life spaces and, you know, been a panel guest and done talks and then, you know, done all this stuff, you know, and I never really connected the the monetary side of it to it. Right. Or like the impact side uh, of that to it. And I think that the reason why is because, again, I I focused on trying to open the door for other people, right? And when you open the door for other people, you never end up going inside mm. because what what happens is that a line of other folks are just going to come in and like, unless yeah, unless you unless you eventually let go of the door, right, and go like you're not going to be able to do it. Um, and what I learned was that the the best thing to do is to open the door and stick something like to wedge it and then get, then go in. Right. And the only way you can do that, right. Is if you have like the, the resources and like the, the, like the almost like, um, yeah, you just have the resources to do something like that. And I had to take a step back and say, I don't, I like, I I just didn't have it. And that, and that's okay. Right. It's okay. But eventually I will. Right. Eventually I will until then I'm building to it. Right. So that I can afford yep. the little, the little doorstop. Um, but when I did that, I also said, okay, I'm going to double down and I'm going to learn from artists who are really good with networking. So someone that I, that I study uh, is Dave Krugman. Uh, so he's a photographer um, in the space. Yep. Uh, and he, you know, he, he did a, a show recently at South Street Seaport as well. And he was talking about the network effect. Right, because he 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 got big through Instagram, like him and uh, JN Silva. Uh, the the JN Silva was one of the guys who actually brought me into the NFT space. Um, they're they're very big on on Instagram. That's how they you know they cut their teeth in the photography game. And his his main his Dave's main uh, talk in that space was make sure that you're talking to people, that you're active on social media, and that you have in real life connections, um, people that you you can even consider patrons, especially as an artist, people that would advocate for your art when you're not there, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can, yeah, you can talk all day about your art. And you see it on these spaces where artists, you know, they, you know, wax poetically about their art, you know, that it's a, it's a butterfly that transforms into a dragon. And then, you know, it's, it's spiritual, all this stuff, which I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it is. Right. But that's very different than if some random person that is not the artist goes on a space and says, Hey, you know, who's dope? Dario. Like, yeah, that is, that's what matters. Right. 
And when you have that mindset, you know, and I'm, I hope there are artists listening in on this, um, but when you have that mindset and you understand that, that's when you say, hey, I need to be more intentionable, not intentional, intentional uh, about the spaces that I put myself in and the people that I talk to, not because I don't want to talk to everybody. I do. I'm Dominican. I like, I like being German. Um, but, <laughs> but it's, hey, you know, who am I talking to? Like, what, what are the spaces that I find myself in, right? And that's what led me to, to apply to Station 3. So I don't know if you guys know about Station 3, but it was this uh, almost like a Web3 hub founded by Bob Lucas, um, who, you know, is a, a dope crypto trader. Apparently, he's really good. Um, but he, he created this Web3 initiative in uh, the financial district in New York City. And he, they, they launched an NFT collection and they used the funds of the NFT collection to give grants to artists that wow. wanted uh, office space slash, you know, uh, just a creative space to, to work with other artists in the, in the Web3 uh, space. And I applied and I got the grant. Uh, so I'm, I'm there now. I'm going to be there. I believe it's a six month grant uh, till January. And then from there, we'll see. Uh, but I've, I've been there and it's literally the best decision I've made in, in awesome. the NFT space, like bar none. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. You guys should definitely check it out. Um, not going to show their, their, their project, but you know, they'd yeah. be giving out ringers. They'd be giving out ringers and a teaser there. I'm just saying, I'll take a ringer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, and, but, and, the, but they they have like great partnerships, right? Like they, they just partnered up with Sotheby's, right? Like they, they, they also like host Polygon, like they, they're connected with the biggest names in the NFT, the web three art space, and also just like the Web3 space in general. And when for me, I'm like, if I'm here talking about wanting to be like an, an advocate or someone uh, of, of my culture, Dominican, Latino, in those spaces, right? In, in the, what's, what is it that the Lima Miranda said in, in that, in that um, play? Um, oh, in the room. In the, in the room, like in the room where they sign, whatever. Yeah, um, the room where it happens. In the room where it happens. Thank you. There you go. My wife's a big, a big uh, Hamilton fan, so like I should have known that. But I want to be in the room where it happens. And at Station Three, it's definitely the room where it happens, mm. <laughs> like right. for sure. Um, and you know, with that, like I've been able to connect with really dope artists that are coming up. Uh, I've had you know some some like one of ones just sell out almost immediately uh, because of that network effect. People like seeing the work like physically because I'll, I'll do prints and all this stuff and I'll leave it on my desk because uh, I got a dedicated desk there now. Uh, nice. Shout out to Bob. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're consistent nice. and you show up, yeah. they're going to be <laughs> like, yeah, he's a dedicated desk. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have prints there and all that stuff and I'm doing everything I have learned from the traditional circuit, right? Which is like, hey, be consistent, show your work, give things out for free, like a postcard, a, a print, whatever it is. Like the things that I that I already knew, right? Because we're talking about interacting with human beings, yeah. Um, and then from there, being able to build and have that network effect of people that know me personally, but also like and love my art and have connected to it, and then from there, when I'm not there, they're advocating for me, right? And and even you know the the last. I got like 20 seconds. Uh, but the last uh, example I'll give of this is uh, Brian Brickman. You guys know Brian? Uh, I don't think so. Doesn't sound familiar. So he, he, he just, yeah, he just did a, 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 a bunch of collections with, I believe, 
I know it was Transient Labs or, or, or Prohibition, but he just had a, a solo gallery now. So we have Brian Brickman. He's, he's definitely, you know, well-known in, in the Web3 space, but he's an illustrator as well. Um, but Brian reached out to me just a few weeks ago um, and he, he was like giving me work, right? Like that someone else had, had um, gone to him for a bit, for a huge Web2 company that I'm not going to mention wow. now because there was, there was an MBA. Um, and even though it didn't all go through, the fact that like Brian Brickman hit me up personally on my DMs to say, hey, you take this, right? And, and we, you can go and cook from there. Um, like that, that means that I'm doing the right thing. And I'm hoping, yeah, hope, sure. yeah. And, and I hope that like if, if there are artists in this space, especially if you're Latino or Latina or Latina, um, if, if you're in this space and you're like, oh man, I just feel like no one's listening or, you know, I, I, I'm just not having success. The first thing I would tell you is, yo, you know, you can, you can sing a beautiful song in, in, in the middle of the forest and no, if nobody's there to listen to it. It doesn't matter how how, yeah, how yeah. much you work on your song. You need to like get out of your shell, get out of your house, go to these in real life events, go talk to people, or you know, even if you're just on Twitter Spaces, introduce yourself. Like you need to get out there because that that's like sixty percent of it. Yeah, For, I mean, the other forty percent is is the the talent and the art, but mostly it's just like people want to know who you are because when they're buying your piece, it's they're buying you. Yeah, we've definitely met like some really great artists just doing the show itself. Um, you know, we've we've built some like really good relationships, and hopefully, we get to build a good relationship with you. We think that you're a great artist. We think that your project looks amazing, looks very promising, and you know, we just can't wait to to really see it in action. What advice would you give other artists from um, underrepresented communities looking to enter the NFT space? Yeah, um, I would tell them. Almost everything I said, like in the last few minutes, just be in and be in these spaces. It is uncomfortable, but you're, in order to do something or to to be something you you've never been, you need to do something you've never done, mm -hmm. and that means that you have to put yourself in a place where it's not like you're not culturally comfortable, right? Like. These people aren't dancing bachata. They're, they don't know what hookah is. They don't, like, they, maybe they, they might know hookah, but they, they, <laughs> they, they don't know, right, like certain cultural things. You need to be okay with being uncomfortable. You need to be okay with rejection because most of the time it's, it's all going to be rejection, right? But once you're okay with that, and the, the best way to be okay with that is through practice, right? Like put yourself out there in uncomfortable positions. Put yourself, uh, put yourself out there. Talk to people you don't know, right? Like introduce yourself at a party where you don't know anybody, right? Things like that. Um, you you have to do that work. Go to different gallery spaces. Support other yeah. artists, right? Like, you know, do that work. And then like, as you do that, talk about your art. Like talk about, you know, what you're doing and be comfortable with talking about what you're doing. Because that was my problem. My problem was I'll go to those spaces. I'll do those things. But I'm going to like almost pivot and I'm going to talk to talk about someone else's art. You know, I'm going to like almost like a, like a humble paralysis, right. Where you're, you're kind of hyping someone else's art up, but then you don't talk about your stuff, which in theory sounds like you're a really good person. Right. But what ends up happening is, is that you end up not being looked at or kept at top of mind as an artist. You're only looked at as right. a fan. Right. And yeah. you, 
Yeah. And if you're an artist and you need to feed yourself, you need to make sure that like people know, hey, I'm an artist. I do this. I, I like I have a product um, and that that product is prints. That product is merch. That product is I do murals, that product, whatever it is. Um, people need to know what you're doing so that they can say, hey, I like I like what he's doing. I like what she's doing. This is dope. Maybe I buy a print. Maybe I buy an NFT. Maybe I hire them for some X, Y, Z thing. Like those are things that you should you should keep in mind. Awesome. I I wish we had another hour to chat with you because I really wanted to also like dive into your yeah. the personal side of your life and you know how you manage being a father and a husband and the artist and the business side of it. So maybe we'll get you back on here for a future episode to to talk more about just you know managing life as an artist. Uh, of course, even though right now, like I got I got two two knuckleheads that are supposed to be sleeping I got standing I got right that. next to me. Um, but like, yeah, it's, I, that will definitely take another hour. Yeah. Um, so listen, before we let you go do the most important job in your life, um, where, where can people find you? What should they be looking out for? When is Lindo's dropping? What's next? What do you want us to do? Absolutely. So people can find me on Twitter, uh, at art by Darío, uh, on X.com. Uh, bye guys. Um, <laughs> They can, yeah, on, on x.com. On Instagram, same handle, by Darío. Um, if you want to check out my site, it's studio.io.xyz. Uh, that's where you can you know, check out my portfolio. You can get prints of my standard work. And if you're interested in Lindos, you can go to lindosnft.com. You can learn more about the project. Um, in terms of the drop date, that's going to be announced soon. It's not going to be dropped today, but we're going right. to announce it this week, I promise. Uh, and then from there, uh, yeah, like just tune in. There's going to be more open editions or really limited timed editions uh, that are going to drop. And, uh, oh, this week I'm doing a curated drop with Nifty Kit. Uh, I oh, got, uh, nice. yeah, I got, yeah, I got chosen by Mike Mongo. Uh, and a few other artists. So there's going to be a, a, cur a curated drop with Nifty Kit. Um, and that's happening, I believe, October 13. Nice. Uh, and there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be a space on it October 10th. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's it. I keep All telling right. Kevin that one of these days we're going to have to do a, a meet because we're meeting so many artists and people from around the same area where we are. So it'll happen one day, a Rebelance meet. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Cool. Well, listen, thank you so much for uh, your time. It was awesome to hear about your your current project, your future projects and your your history. And uh, yeah, we'd love to get you back on. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we will continue to follow along and, you know, support you in any way we can. And uh, I hope to get my hands Absolutely. on a Lindo in the near future. Awesome, gentlemen. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good night. Miguel, good night. We'll see you all later. Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night, everyone.